in the course of what we've been doing, we've, in the study of Abraham, um, we've seen a lot of implications of Abraham. Um, he, Paul calls him the, the father of faith. Uh, Paul calls him our father. Uh, in, in, in the context of if there's anything that you should emulate it should be Abraham that's in the scriptures well what the hell did Abraham do you know he just he seems to but when you look at it it sounds like he got lucky you know, Melchizedek come and met him out of the blue and, and then he got his name changed to Israel and he got, he got the promise and now, all of the, the only three religions that are monotheistic in the world worship Abraham, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. All consider him to be the father of faith. But it wasn't luck. It wasn't even grace, as you understand grace. Certain things happened to Abraham that, that took place in his own internal being so that grace was able or he was able to see grace when it landed on him now in our case grace has landed on everyone but we refuse to see it because we are continually that's good Lord. we are continually I said it again huh? continually what did I say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do that. We, we, all we are really doing is we're establishing our own rightness. I mean, once, if you finally stop doing that, <coughs> you'd be free. I mean, just once to stop establishing your own rightness, you're free. But you always got to be right. You got to be right in the way you act. You got to be right in the things you think. You got to be right in the things you do. You got to be right in, the, in God's stuff. Just forget about being right. And a mystery takes place. It's called freedom. Now, what did Abraham do? Well, we've, I don't know if this has ever been on the tape, so I'm going to review it. Throughout the scriptures, hundreds of times, it talks about the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as something to be emulated in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Faith of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, what the hell does that mean? And how do I get it? I mean, if this, it's, it's, if, if, if I've come to a position in my life where I've said that, okay, God, you're a viable possibility, then, then it seems to me, and it says that the only way to please God is faith. It says that whatsoever, anything else is sin, then I better know what faith is. Do you have any idea what faith is? In the, in the English language and the way it's preached, you think faith is a way of getting something. 
you know, okay, if I get enough faith, then I'm going to get a wife. Or, or if I have enough faith, then I'm going to have understanding. Or if I have enough faith, whatever it is that you happen to be desiring after at any given moment, you think you're going to get. Faith has nothing to do with that. Because the things that you think you want, if you got them, you would be totally miserable with. You know, why? if you're horny, go get laid. If you want a wife, ride away for a, ride a wife thingy. Seems dumb to do that. You know, well, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, if you want a house, go put one on your MasterCard or something. I don't know, I mean, if you want a place to, my point is, you know that no matter what it is that you want, if you get it, you'll be miserable. You've got to have known that by now. Okay. That's what I'm here. <coughs> what you want and you want not to be miserable when you get it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's what all myths are about. That's what all drama and plays... I mean, everything is about this idea that you want to get what you want. Get what I want. Get what I want. Well, you first, the first thing that has to happen to you, if you is you have to stop trusting what you want. Because it's happened to you enough times that you know, I mean, you know that what you want isn't going to be what you want. See, I know that. But I, don't know. I mean, I know it, but I keep testing. Well, what happens is the snake rises up, so to speak. <laughs> oh, not that snake. I see what you mean. But, you, I mean, don't you finally know by now, you really know it, that what you want... If you got what you want, you'd be miserable. I know that until I'm enchanted. It's like I get enchanted. You're right. I want something, and it's like I'm under the power of it. Yeah. And then when I get it, yes, I find out that it's nothing. But it's uh, it feels like an enchantment. Well, it is. But, I mean... Have any? I mean, have any of you ever gotten what you wanted? Yeah. Okay. Did when you got what you wanted, did it ever satisfy you? I had seemed to for a period of time. Yeah, for but time. Not well, we're not talking about period of time. Satisfaction, by definition, means continuum. No, the toys I got for Christmas always broke or wore out. Right. And the women you got for wives always broke or wore out. Right? Right. Are your boyfriends they, right? Are they always the, the dates you had? They are always after a while are just ridiculous. Yeah. The guys you girls you dated they just became boring. The only thing that doesn't do that is food. No, the only thing that doesn't do that is revelation. Amen. Food is gone. It goes out the draught. You know what? You know what the draught is? <coughs> you expel it. Well, 
the lesson of Abraham, if you could see, is that a new thing. Abraham's secret. The only thing Abraham knew was that what he wanted, he knew he didn't want. He came to a position in life where he could honestly say, I have no idea what I want, and I don't care. That's pretty simple. And when we come to that position, we think there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start thinking about committing suicide or something. You never honestly know what you want as an adult. Once it, well, wait a minute. As the definition of a true adult. There's a lot of adults that aren't adults. You never know what you want. You only know what you don't want. And you've spent a lifetime thus far figuring out what you don't want. Are you okay, Barbara? Mm -hmm. Can you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. You've spent a lifetime figuring out what you don't want. Okay, now you're, the things that you do want are getting kind of narrow. <laughs> no, I want a cigarette. Are you getting nervous? I just want to really want a cigarette. Yeah, I'm getting nervous. I mean, stop a minute. Honestly think. Be honest with yourself. What do you want? No <laughs> but what else do you want? Well, I figured out an answer to that, but I'm embarrassed to say it because it sounds religious. But what I want is to be transfigured because I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything other than that that won't turn to nothing. Well, John's song has something that we all want. We want freedom and we want romance. Yeah. Now, what we think will give us those, those desires that everybody wants, freedom and romance, are pure. But they come out of your heart and they're filtered through the groves and they're filtered through the high places and you say, they get all polluted. You know, one of the one of the great stories in the in the in the in the uh, Talmud is about <coughs> Adam and about that Eve wasn't the first one that God created. It wasn't the first woman. <laughs> first woman that um, <laughs> this is pretty bad but but <laughs> what <laughs> what are you talking what, what's happening over there now no I'm, I'm thinking of several very bad jokes that are just too obscene to repeat what did you just do you judged a response by your pillar Well, I was thinking about the one where he, the first one he made had real short legs. <laughs> Left section cut marks all over them. So I had put legs on. <laughs> that was too obscene. <laughs> Why did you laugh? <laughs> I think it's funny. 
No, the first, the first one he created was. Uh, <coughs> he God took the dust that was sitting there next to Adam, but Adam had crapped in it. <laughs> I didn't make this up, folks. So the first woman was. No, wait a minute. So, so, the, so the first woman. Uh, every everything that everything that uh, Adam asked her to do, she wouldn't do. And when they were making love, she'd complain because she was on the bottom. And uh, when they were, we'd ask her to do something. You're making this. No, I'm not. I'll show it to you. It's great. But before before that, even Adam tried. He, uh, he before he got Eve, he tried. You know, his, one of the jobs was to name all the animals in the kingdom. So all the animals came by him in pairs, and according to the Talmud, he had sex with every one of them. And it was totally disgusting to him. That's how he did it. <laughs> so he said, so he said, God, this isn't fair. You've given all these lesser beings a mate, and what about me? So God then did the deal with them. The dust, and this, and it became the, and 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 she rebelled, and she called, um, this secret name of God, and she was she ate in spirit what she ate of the tree of life, and and she was demonized, if you will, and became Lilith, the queen of demons. Got to be a type in But anyway. So then God created Eve, and they were perfect, because it was one flesh, and their needs were similar. And when there was no idols, and there was no idolatry in their minds, they flowed together as one being. And then after the fall, the woman became as the first one. <laughs> Name my line, I'm Lilith. Just figure it out. Anyway, how did I get on that? I don't know, but it was, it was very entertaining. <laughs> well, anyway, so you've spent a lifetime thus far, just as Abraham did, figuring out what you don't want to do. Right? Some of you are still doing what you don't want to do, but that's, that's because you, have, you lack courage. You, you opt for some, some kind of security. And so you opt in that, op in that opting for security, then you're satisfied with second best. Because God's best is always at the knife edge. But anyway, but the lesson of Abraham is, is that there are three graces given to all men that we might see God. Because in seeing God, the fulfillment of every desire of our heart is completed. Now those three graces are typified in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Abraham's gift that we've just studied as the model of the believer is that all he did was do something until he didn't want to do it anymore or until he saw through it. And then he simply said, I don't want to do this anymore, and he left it. Now, the problem with the human race and you is you've gone through life saying, I don't want to do this anymore, and because of the constraints of your environment and the value systems you've been taught, 
but I should do it. But I have to continue doing it. Now, for some of you, you're totally, you don't think you should be here half the time. But you come because you think you should. And the moment you think you should, there's no life. This just becomes the Jerusalem that now is, which is, in, it, you be, it just fosters your own bondage. Understand? So all that Abraham did, and we've studied all the things in the Talmud and all the things in the Midrash and the ancient documents, and we found out that Abraham was a pretty heavy dude. That his father, Terah, in the scriptures it said he was an idol maker. That doesn't mean, and then people say, well, he said him in a car with idols. No, he's the one that defined the idols for all of what was then Babylon, for the king, which was a god, Nimrod. And Nimrod's, uh, Nimrod's Nimrod was the son of Ham, descendant of Ham, from the flood, who, what happened? The animals in the in the flood in the in the in the ark, if we believe these stories that we've and it, and it doesn't matter, I'm just telling you the stories. They were kept under control by the garment that God had made for Adam. Now, when they left the ark, they went the, the animals went insane and they were killing everybody. And so Nimrod got control of the garment and, and by that was able to subdue and become you know, he, he, was, he was the king high priest of the known world. His father, I mean he was a king, his father Terah was the high priest. Abraham's father was the high priest of Babylon, Mesopotamia. Abraham, at his birth, it was projected and seen by the astrologers that a enemy or a replacement king for Nimrod was 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 born that at that time so Nimrod did the same thing that the Pharaoh did with Moses and that Herod did with Jesus he ordered that all of the babies that were born in this two-year period which the astrologers can only get their window down to two years would be killed and the story is he, that Nimrod slaying, had killed 70,000 two-year-olds and under. Abraham was safe because his mother hid him in a cave for 10 years. He never saw light. And he was allegedly taught by God in those 10-year period. He came out and he looked up, he came out at night, he looked up, and he saw the stars. And he said, praise the gods, the host of heaven. He was praising the gods and the moon. And then dawn came. And wiped out away all his gods. Wait a minute, he said, and he knew, he intuited that God couldn't be God if he was time-dependent. So then the sun came up. Praise God. And then it came night. The sun's not the God. 
Then he saw and discerned the patterns of the astrologers, that one system was always there at one point. It was the end of the age of Capricorn and the beginning of the age of Taurus. So he looked out and that fet, that met his needs. Because that, at the, at, at, he just defined his arena a little bit and he said, okay, on every spring morning, on the 21st of March at the spring equinox, the first constellation that's seen is the God. Because they knew about the signs of the zodiac. Okay, so, aha! It's Capricorn. The goat. Became the God. So he bought that for a while. But he was born at the dawning of the age of Taurus. Taurus. So he looked up there one day, and instead of Capricorn, it was Taurus was the first constellation seen. So he threw out all of the astrology. He said, this can't be God because it's time dependent. <coughs> it changes. So he went through, he tested everything by that one single definition. Is it time dependent? He intuited that if it's time dependent, it can't be worthy of giving importance to. And when you finally realize that, then you'll be surprised how many idols just are destroyed before your face. Now the lesson of Abraham and the lesson of every figure in the Bible is that, that in your life you are being deceived if you're giving importance to, giving breath to, which means worshiping, anything that's time-dependent. You're a fool, and it'll only cause you misery. That's why what you want, God's desire, the desire that's <laughs> inherent in you, is to be fulfilled by that which is not time-dependent. And Ecclesiastes said he has placed eternity in every man's heart. So that's the only thing, that eternity, that olam, that thing that isn't time-dependent, is the only thing that will satisfy you, and it'll be your one romance, and it'll be the freedom you'll always all, have always known. But as long as you continue to breathe life, you are as the God, and out of the breath of your nostrils, you give life to these false images, you're going to be battered about by every wind and wave of doctrine and where men lie in wait to deceive, especially by your own mind, if you let it get by with anything other than that which doesn't change with time. So all that Abraham did is he walked through life evaluating everything based on that singular issue. Does it change with time? And if it changes with time, it's not worthy of my anything. <coughs> so when you have a desire that's confronting you, understand the desire is pure. The desire is to be joined to that one, even if it's sex, especially if it's sex. That's why sex is here. It's, to, it's here to reveal that one mystery, the mystery of God and the bride. you walk around in bondage to the false <coughs> idols. Therefore, if that idol, if, if, if what you've defined as what you want isn't met, then you're in misery. 
You can know no joy, except for a moment when it's met, until then you find out that didn't give you any joy. So you, you create a scenario in which your life is spent chasing after a false idol, and so therefore you can give breath to the chase. And that becomes exciting. That gives you some imagined life because it's not tested. But I'm here to tell you that no matter what it is that you're chasing <coughs> will not give you life. And that's the lesson of Abraham. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. Now, all that Abraham did is he walked through life. He fucked up constantly, if you read about it. He made more. He sold his wife, told Pharaoh his wife was his sister. He did. He, 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 this moment a test came, he left the promised land, went to Egypt. I mean, he messed up constantly. <coughs> but the one thing he did was he tested all his desires and wants against the singular act, does it change with time? He was supposed to be heir apparent. He was going to be Nimrod's successor, just as Moses was going to be Pharaoh, just as Satan took Christ up and said, he'll make you God of this world. He was Nimrod's successor. He was going to be the chief king of the known world. The only king of the known world. And what he did instead is he went into the palace where there were 12 chief gods of the 12 signs of the zodiac. And one of them was the chief of the chiefs, which was at that time the time of Capricorn. And hundreds, 500 minor idols. And he proved to Nimrod they set food before each one of them every day. The people would come in and bring these great offerings, and they'd be gone. Well, he proved to the people, and Nimrod didn't know that the priests were eating the food. He thought the gods were eating the food. And so Abraham, in this great story, Abraham took a very large axe, destroyed every idol in the place, and put it in the hands of the model that they had for the biggest, the chief of the chief, which was Capricorn. And so when his father came in, and he saw the mess that all of the idols were destroyed, except this one, his father was furious, because it had destroyed his position. The king... The king of the world thought that the gods were eating the offering, but the truth was the priests, priests were eating the offering. Right. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It's the same thing always. And so what happened? Terah, his father, was furious. And so then Abraham allegedly converted him at that point. And then his father Terah took the axe and destroyed the largest god. And then they had to flee for their lives because Nimrod, no, we're talking super pissed off. And they fled to Haran. 
where Abraham's brother Nahor had moved. But he denied, and that's what we've done this weekend. We began the process of destroying those idols. And your father, the devil, is all upset. And all that Abraham did was lived. But he was honest. Just let it all hang out. God came down and said, Abraham, you're going to have a son by Sarah. Abraham laughed at God. So what did he do instead? He took Hagar, the Egyptian bondwoman, and went into a tent. And in that tent, he wasn't doing communion. And a, and, a, and a son was born, and his name was Ishmael. And God said, no, you fucked up. But he didn't kill him. He said, no. The promises shall not go to the child of the natural, but to the seed of the promise. And it's the same thing in you. You're, you've spent your life trying to get the promises to go to the child of the natural the child of sensory perception. Can't happen. Now cast out the bondwoman and her son. The bondwoman is the, is the all of the thing in the high place. Jezebel, the whore of Babylon. All of the value systems that you've adopted that give you rightness. And now you've seen, now cast her out. Take her to the cross. That the child of the promise, which is he's revealed only in your abandonment of self. But God's not going to wipe you up if you go screw Hagar for a while or the male counterpart. But it's it it's it's fruitless. Can we go back for a second to, to Abraham leaving her after he destroyed the idols? If I were if I were in Abraham's position and had just seen through and destroyed all those idols, including the chief god, then the only god that would be left would be Nimrod. No, he saw through that when Nimrod was going to kill him. Where I was going with that was what I would want to do in that position would be to do battle with Nimrod. Yeah. But God told Abraham to leave. Right. And that's what the cross does. And it seems that my previous Christian experience was to want to... Please Nimrod. Well, I didn't think that was it. I thought I wanted to do battle with Nimrod. No, you wanted to please him. Is this making any sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what have we established? The thing, that, the thing that you have to come about around to is that, first of all, you should know that your wants are ridiculous. But if you don't know that, then you have to go chase them. If you circumcise yourself, then all you will have done is created a massive hypocrite. 
I mean, you just, you just be, and, and that little leaven of that act of hypocrisy will leaven the whole lump. You've got to go to the point of saying and seeing and emotionalizing, I don't want to do this anymore. But if you have circumcised yourself, stop the process, then you're just a walking hypocrite. God didn't want any more hypocrites. And not only will that little leaven leaven the whole lump, vis-a-vis -vis your whole lump, it'll leaven the whole body. That's why what we're about at Passover is to destroy the leaven, burn it. Both the leaven of Herod, which is hypocrisy, I mean the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, and the leaven of Herod, which is seeing lack. How the fuck can you see lack? You own all things. All things exist for your purpose. So the, uh, another lesson of, of Abraham is, is that Abraham's Passover in type was when he left Babylon and escaped to Ur. And Ur was the temporary wilderness that he had to live in until he was able to enter the promise. So Christ, so the, the nation of Israel, the Passover was when they left Egypt because all their gods were destroyed. The same thing. They went to the wilderness and they had to stay in the wilderness until their grave clothes were removed and then they entered the promise. So with us. So with Christ. So it, I mean, that's the Christ Passover, the Last Supper, is that you are eating of the new bread and the new wine. But the real Passover that's set before us now is to escape from the world, namely the things that are in here. Their battle isn't flesh and blood anymore. It's the things that we've given breath to in our world. Now the plagues are starting to come down. The ten plagues are going to destroy your ass. And, you're, and, you know, all of Christianity, the, I love the imagery of, of modern Christianity. It's there, uh, the, the Israel, Egypt is being destroyed and they're not passing out bumper stickers. Building another church building. Trying to get somebody saved. That's obscene. The type of salvation is revealed in the Passover. And now the Passover that's set be before you tonight and that we will celebrate <coughs> on whenever the date is up there is when your escape will take place from the control of this world. In order to do that, we had to knock down some pillars in high places. And we're doing that. But Abraham's Passover was when he left that environment. His world. And he left it when his gods were destroyed and the gods, the gods that he had accepted in the same way that 
Israel left Egypt when the gods that they had, God didn't give a flip about Egypt or the Egyptians. He has a people. When their gods are destroyed, the ones that they, your true identity has always been Israel. You're always, you've always been the bride of Christ. But you've adopted some of the Egyptian gods. And now they're being destroyed. And then you can enter the promise. But that's the lesson of Abraham. The lesson of Abraham in another way is the faithfulness of God. No matter how many times Abraham messed up, God was faithful. His word is forever settled. It doesn't depend on you. Amen? Everybody understand perfectly? Nothing new. Now, God is doing this so that you can see that your true location of life, your true residence, isn't going to be in the great by and by someday, that your true residence is the new Jerusalem now. The kingdom of God doesn't come with observation, for the kingdom of God is within you. All you have to do is recognize it. But the battlefield is here. This is the Antichrist that's in battle. This is the Nimrod. <clears throat> now, do you have anything left that you think will give you life or that will give you pleasure? Go do it. And when you get tired of it, come back and celebrate the Passover. But you're free. Either way, never again circumcise yourself. Circumcision just means you stop doing something. Leaven means you add something to it. You're free. If God isn't sufficient in your freedom, he's a dumb God to follow. This will scare the hell out of everybody else, but it's between you and God. It's not my business to tell you what to do. I don't, I don't care what you do or don't do. I just want you to see. Let's take a break. Let's quit. That's enough. I don't want to talk anymore. I got one question. Um, I was talking to uh, Pete about this. We were talking about how uh, how the mind your mind is renewed, and uh, what's the difference between uh, the positive confession people that that make new pathways by saying, you know, I want a car, or I'm getting better, or I'm getting better, and um, what we, we're talking about. Well, first of all that what you're talking about, when, when there's abandonment, you'll never, it'll be impossible to ever pray for yourself. <clears throat> so it's just how you're, the programming of the... You, the God's will, there's only, there are only two wills in the universe. Really only one, but God's snookering the other one. There's only one will in the universe, and it's God. 
but there's an appearance, there's the lie, which is the separation. Therefore, that's the will of Satan. So it's only the will of God or the will of Satan. The will of Satan is expressed in your self-seeking, no matter how righteous it may seem. The will of God is expressed in your abandonment. But that's why it's so funny when people say they have free will. Yeah, you have free will. You have Satan's will. So it's not, it's not expressed. You said self-getting stuff or self. That's the, the will. That's the child. Okay. It's not. It doesn't make him a bad guy. It's just the child. But the opposite is not giving something for others. It's abandonment. Well, no, I'm saying that in abandonment, as the father, you will only see others, and that's the inexorable process of the, the ch in the spirit. This is the child, the adolescent, the young man, and the father. The way the the process from point A to the the, the little child to the father isn't time. It's obedience. You can go from the child to the father in a split second by hearing under the condition you're in. But the child can only pray for self. Because it, it means it's just like, see, then the, the adolescent doesn't know what the fuck to pray for. The young man finally sees, and the father only prays for others. The prayer of asking or begging, the prayer of who knows what's going on, the prayer of, of, of anticipating, and the prayer of uh, affirming, calling into existence. God desires that we be at the place where whatsoever you say shall be done. But that can only be done at the destruction when you no longer are, have all the competing alliances with your own, with your own value systems. Capiche? But be... Just be you. That's all you ever have to do. Just respond honestly to the stimulus at hand. It gets boring to see people circumcise themselves. Oh, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> Don't you understand? From God's standpoint, if you thought it, you've done it. If you go do it, you'll enjoy it a whole lot more. If you think it, all you'll do is live in that false idolatry. You'll be not here. You'll think that that gives you pleasure because all you do is think it. You never take it to the point of letting it inexorably fall to its stuff. Dropped. That's why just sitting around thinking about it is really dumb from God's standpoint because you can, you can create the level of of experience and you you stop it obviously at the good stuff I mean when you're sitting when you're lying there masturbating and fantasizing about some past experience or some projected experience you don't think about the bullshit that was connected or will be connected with it you think only about that moment or that imagery well that's an idol that you haven't first you haven't let it get big enough you haven't seen the whole picture the same is true in anything else you want and you sit around imagining. What are you smiling at, Jackie? I just understood. Oh, good. Okay. I'm tired of talking. Now so. we've finished Abraham, right? I don't know. I'm just tired of talking. I want to call on a computer.
Word processor. No, no computer. Not a computer. That can do word processing. Right. All right. This week, now, Yatsa, produce it, want it now. This moment. Okay, now, do you understand the power if two or more agree as well, touching? Now. Now. Man. Have we just agreed as touching? Yeah. Good. It's now done. We have a computer that does word processing. With a printer. With a printer. Nice printer. And manuscripts in the whole And a dictaphone. <laughs> with, a, with a foot pedal. Right. Okay. Got a lot. <laughs> Take it, big guy. 